0: Hey, this is Sebastian the Jet. You are listening to Soccer Subs. This is
1: Jordan Stewart, and you're listening to Soccer Sub. Go listen. Hey, this is Rob Stone from Fox Sports. You are listening to the Soccer Subs Podcast. The Soccer Subs Podcast. It's game on.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Soccer Subs Podcast, episode 88. My name is Ronnie, and I'm joined here with my Soccer Subs co host christian and before we get started with the show let me just give a quick shout out to our two soccer sub show sponsors first one up is paragon sports your premier destination for activewear they're located on 18th and broadway here in manhattan here in the city go check them out for all your running needs basketball soccer and baseball equipment and go give them a follow at paragon sports on instagram and our second show sponsor taqueria 86 an amazing mexican soccer themed mexican restaurant they're located on 94th and broadway here in manhattan in the city as well go check them out for some amazing tacos burritos tequila the mezcal all that good stuff and go give them a follow at taqueria 86 ny on instagram and now that that's out the way christian man how you been how's everything how's your week been and uh, excited for mls kickoff how you been man how's everything
0: Hey, I'm actually extremely happy. By the way, I had some tacos on the weekend and they do not beat Taqueria 86. So I definitely recommend everyone to go there whenever you guys can. And yeah, can't wait for this episode. We have a special guest in the studio and can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Uh, Welcome to the Soccer Sauce Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us today. Appreciate it, Christian. And yeah, for the soccer
2: fans, for the MLS fans, we got a big show coming up for you guys today we got a special guest joining us for episode 88. He's an Emmy award-winning journalist, digital correspondent, Spanish radio host, previously worked for MLS.com and on ESPN. He's a Spanish radio host and Spanish play-by-play for the New York Red Bulls. We're joined by Mr. Stefano Fusado. Stefano, thank you so much for coming on. Woo! If you don't thank mind, you, tell you. us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. How you doing?
1: Yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's been fun. Uh, I was with the Red Bulls for the last two seasons, calling all their games, doing a lot of content for them. It's been a blast to be fully back into MLS after uh, after working a ton of sports when I was with ESPN, and, and now you know, getting the opportunity now, starting with with MLS on on Apple TV, starting up now very soon. This this coming uh, 25th and 26th. So I'm I'm super happy to be with them as a Spanish host and Spanish play by play. It's going to be great to be able to do both of the, both of those things and do other content as well for the league and for Apple TV. It's pretty really exciting to be working with Apple now. And, and, uh, and you know, here in the city, obviously, getting the opportunity to kind of break in back into MLS with the Red Bulls was awesome. Uh, and, and to sense that kind of passion for soccer in the city again is a beautiful thing. And now that we're doing the MLS broadcast out of the city, I feel like it's only going to be even better. Right. Like a little more energy coming out of the city as far as this league is concerned.
2: Thank you so much for taking the time, man. And of course, I know we're going to be talking a little bit about the New York Red Bulls, a little bit about the MLS season. Before we get that started, though, man, I think first things first for myself and Christian is we wanted to hear a little bit about yourself, how you became a broadcaster, how you became a journalist, and how you got into this role, man. If you could just tell us kind of like your early beginnings, uh, what made you get into journalism and and just get into soccer overall?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I was a soccer player my whole life as a kid. And in high school, I tore my ACL once and tore my ACL twice. <laughs> and after playing club soccer for a while too, you know, it was just like, eh, maybe this isn't gonna work out as a as, as an athlete this way. You know, didn't really get the scholarships or anything like that. So it was a it was a kind of a seamless opportunity to just like to try to pursue sports media and, and being around the game as much as possible. You know, I, I was at a very young age, I was able to get an internship. You know, getting paid nothing as an 18 year old freshman in, in college. Uh, at a local news station in Miami, I'm from Miami, Florida. And, you know, I was there for a long time, kind of just learning how to be a sports producer and sports editor and learning kind of the very basics of this job and kind of from there, just move forward and try to look for the opportunities to be on the air and and to to be able to present and and start covering the sport, different sports, and I was able to do that at a very young age, got into local news and kind of just rose from there and trying to find my way I always said I was kind of a utility man. I was like, "Yeah, I'll do whatever. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'll do it." And that's kind of how you know you get that start in it. You know what I mean?
0: That's awesome. And did you have any mentors as you were, you know, kind of just settling in the role? Who did you speak with? What have been the most important things that you learned so far doing this role?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, um, you have to look for mentors. You have to look for people that will kind of guide you because it's. It's a scary world, especially when you're young and you don't know what the hell you're doing. You know what I mean? It's important to kind of find people to, to lead you and guide you and show you show you the ropes and show you how to do things. One of my, my first boss, Manuel De La Faye, it's funny. I literally spoke to him today uh, and I've known him since I was 18 years old. And you know, I spoke to him today. I hadn't spoken to him since we announced the job with MLS and Apple. And I spoke to him today and he was my very first boss in this business. And I still speak to him today about just about life, about work, about everything. And he was a mentor from the very beginning. He works at ESPN now. And we worked together at ESPN for four years and it was great. Yeah, but it's it, those type of people are just so important in any field, in anything you're doing. When you're just starting in this business or in any business, you have to have somebody to help lead you, help guide you. Because it's a scary world out there, man. It really is, especially when we're when you're young.
0: Uh, look, me and Ronnie have tried to cover content at the stadium. And we re- we have to repeat stuff like 10,000 times because, you know, you're out there on the field. So it's actually very cool that that, you know, you mentioned just being there and doing it. Now focusing on what's to come for the rebels, the first thing that I have to ask you: What are you most excited about for the rebels this season?
1: Benzier Benzier Benziere, <laughs> Benziere. I think Number it's nine. a great. I think it's a great signing. I think it's a great signing. I think it's exactly what they needed. You know, being involved with the with the franchise the last two seasons, I've seen. You know, I, I got to see a little bit of how the club works, and I was. Surprised with the move and, and excited with the move. And I think it's they're going for it. They made the tough decision to, to realize that Klimala wasn't working. And they brought in that top striker that can be one of the top end strikers, maybe top third of the league. And that's important because that was the biggest issue for the Red Bulls the last two seasons. Actually lo- longer than that, B- basically since Bradley Wright Phillips left the club. You know, they've been struggling to find goals from their strikers. And that's huge in that system. So I think that that's what I'm I'm definitely most excited about about him and about the way that Lewis Morgan and Luquinhas can play off of Van Zier as well. I think that's going to be super important. And you're going to be able to get the best out of those three players.
0: Okay, so we touched on it on the previous episode. We kind of have to think about how we can actually also help Van Zier produce the amount of goals that we expect from him. So having watched them for two full seasons, working with the Rebels, How is the team going to be able to do that to help him get in positions to score?
1: I mean, I think it's going to be both ways. I think that you saw last year, Lewis Morgan have an incredible season, but he was playing all sorts of positions. He was playing all over the pitch and it's tough for a player to, to find goals in those positions. And obviously he was taking PKs and that helped, but I feel like now Morgan's going to be able to play free, play his position and be able to do what he does, which is, yeah, he'll score but he's going to get a ton of assists to Vanzier because he's going to be able to set him up a, a ton. Same for Luquinhas. I feel Luquinhas is a more creative player who is going to be able to pick the right pass, be able to find him making those runs. He loves to make those runs behind the center back, those through runs, and, and Luquinas will hit him. So I do think that, I think it's both. I think that those guys, and the center midfielders as well, Cáceres is going to do the same thing. Cristian will you you'll see him pick those passes, I think that all of those pieces now being able to play in their positions and get, and get familiar with each other and having a true striker in the box, I think is going to be very beneficial for them to in their attack for sure.
2: Great stuff, man. And one player I wanted to ask you about is one of the key veteran presences in, in the Red Bulls, which was Aaron Long, departing from the club and going yep. to LAFC. I know we, he had been linked on a departure, but did you expect that LAFC would be the team that, that would pick him up and... As a two-parter, how much do you think he's going to be missed on this team for the 2023 season?
1: Yeah, I was a little. Uh, no, I can't say I was shocked. It was LAFC. I mean, I, I think that I was shocked just because they weren't. That wasn't the team that was kind of first rumored. It was, it was more Miami, Seattle. But I believe it because LAFC is one of the probably one of the only teams that would pay the salary for for an Aaron Long at this point in his career. Uh, so I was like okay yeah that kind of makes sense no he's joining a great team I mean they're going to be one of the favorites to win the cup for sure again you know even with losing losing Chicho uh, I think they're still going to be a great team I, you know I, I think they are going to miss Aaron Long a lot just from a from a locker room standpoint but I think that they're comfortable with Andres Reyes uh, I think they need a little bit more depth there but I do think that they're comfortable with having Andres Reyes there Sean Nealis, who's a rock at the back as well. It was arguably better than Aaron Long last season. So I do think that, yes, they'll miss him in the locker room. But I do think that they're comfortable where they are with their starting center backs. They do need a little bit of depth. They're young in their depth. So they'll have to see. But hey, I mean, if they're comfortable with that, going into the season with that, then we have to kind of trust them early on and see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because that's one of the things that Gerhard Struber said is that the Rebels' DNA is to develop. So we're probably going to see a lot of young players play on the field and contribute to the team. So I wanted to ask you, since for me personally, I think the the biggest area that we have to focus on now is the defense. Have you seen any young players that can step up just because there are going to be so many games and then sometimes injuries happen? They might have to play. so who who do you have on on, on the list? Who can step up for the rebels
1: uh, on the defensive end, Hassan Nadam, I think he's he's going to be the guy. I think that he's going to get his opportunity this year. Uh, you know, obviously Matt Nasida is going to be there, still young, still kind of inexperienced. and you know he'll he'll get some game time because there's a lot of games. But I think Hassan needs to be the guy who takes that step forward for this team, you know, unless they make a move. Uh, for someone in, of depth that, you know, they know that'll tell you maybe they're not as confident in Hassan. But I do think that he could, he has a talent to be the guy to kind of take that next step forward and be that third center back in that team and have to be the second or first center back in any any situation. I think that he can be that guy. He has a talent for it Let's see if he can take that step.
0: Yeah, and I also agree. I, I think he's one of the guys that I, I guess a lot of fans are, unfamiliar with his game and a lot of people ask and you know he's uh, been a a big boy he's a big boy he's a big boy he's
1: he's he's, you're not gonna push him around in the box
0: like (laughs) well with that being said so uh, on the playoff game of last year's against fc cincinnati he was playing a little bit more to the right side do you feel like he's probably gonna do uh, a better job playing more as a middle center back right there between the 18 box or 18 yard box, or does he have to, or does he have the ability to play that right side center back position?
1: I think he has the ability to do it. I just did really, I really think it just has to do with what, where Gerhardt, I th- I feel like any center back with the Red Bulls needs to know how to play all three. Uh, mm-hmm. They need to know how to play left center backs, you know, center of three and a right center back because he switches it up a lot. You know what I mean? Mid-game, a lot this season. He went from three to four, you know, from three at the back to four at the back a ton of times. You know, I feel like you just have to know how to play all in this system, in Gerhard's system.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, they also have to be fast as well because we've been counting a lot in the last couple of uh, months uh, previous in the previous year. I wanted to ask you also, so it's no secret that more likely we're going to lose players like John Tolkien or Casares Jr. Do you also see anybody from Red Bull 2 step up or somebody uh, from the roster, from the first team roster right now that could potentially cover those empty positions in the future?
1: It's tough. I wouldn't be able to just tell you, uh, you know, Red Bull 2 guys right now that I think, oh, yeah, they could replace a guy like a John Tolkien, right? I think John Tolkien has proven himself to be a very, very solid player who's got a a big future ahead of him if he can keep this this, uh, trajectory going. In the center of the midfield, look, they, they have depth. It's a matter of whether they keep them, whether they use them. With Frankie, in the, Frankie Amaya has kind of been a guy who last year was super important, then wasn't. And then now people talking about he's might not be needed there. So it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like in the center of the midfield, if they use all their pieces, I, I feel like they have enough. In that center midfield engine room to be a good team with the pieces they have around them at the left back position is a little different i don't know it's going to be a little tougher john Tolkien is, is is a big piece and hopefully they can keep him through this season and then kind of revisit that in january next year but uh but i don't know if that's going to happen he'll be busy also with the u.s Men's, uh u.s under 20 national team so it'll be interesting it'll be an interesting situation but uh but i mean you love to see the guy have such success right i mean he's awesome he's a great guy too a guy that he works real hard, really appreciate his like dedication. Talk to him a lot. He's like, no, he's like, very serious about his training, about his fitness. Uh, you know, he's a guy you you want to root for.
2: And Stefan, I wanted to ask you a little bit about a player that we talked about from last season. The 21-year-old Elias Manuel, you know, from Gremio, who's officially on board now with with the New York Red Bulls. Wanted to ask you, you know, just from your perspective, what do you think we can expect from him? Do you think we're going to see a lot of goals from him this upcoming year? Especially with Van Zier and a, and a Lewis Morgan combo, How, what do you think we can expect out of, out of the youngster for for the 23 season?
1: Yeah, I mean it's promising. He's getting along with his teammates, great. I was with the, one of the one of the training sessions for the Red Bulls, and it was you see that kind of camaraderie. Like it's it's you see it already with that team with the team. You saw it last year as well, and I really feel like he, they can play him in a lot of different ways because he's more. He can play as a nine. He can play as a, you know, as part of a dual striker with Vanzier, but he could also play just under him as well. Like kind of in a 4-4-1-1, if you want, type of thing, where he can play just under Vanzier as well. He has that ability. He has enough ability to be able to be creative and pick passes and also take his shot when he gets the opportunity. The striker situation got better when he arrived last season. Uh, I know he took him a little bit uh, and then he got those goals, but it I feel like his future with the Red Bulls in that system and even with Van Zier now, it's 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 positive. You gotta always kind of be a little op, you know, you try to I'm trying to look through it kind of in a, a lens of optimism, but at the same time, I feel like it's a very uh positive situation for them in that striker room.
0: Would you see them playing together at some point during the season? I
1: do. I do. That that Red Bull system, if you if you remember it, it's 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 the four two two two. It really is that if you really look at it, how it works. And I think that Gerhardt is going to want to try that. I feel like he's going to want to try that at some point. I don't know if it's going to be at the beginning. I don't know if he's going to trust it. But I do think that we'll see it at some point, for sure.
0: Thank you so much for that, Stefano. It's been amazing. I actually can't wait to see that myself. I have to ask you, Gerhardt Struber said that, you know, we had a horrible record at home. And he said that he wants to change that for this season. But what I personally saw on the field was, that we weren't able to create a lot with the ball. Every time we got a chance to have possession, we sent a long ball right away. And that's when Patrick Lamala, you'll see him running towards the ball and and didn't end up on anything else. Do you see any changes for this year since he'd spoken about it? And what changes would the team need in order to be more creative and perhaps uh, more of a threat against MLS teams?
1: I do think that you're still going to see some of that because of the system and, and how direct they want to play. But with the additions to the team and, and with Van Zier, with Manuel, like I said before, it's going to allow Luquinhas and Morgan and Caceres in the middle of the field to be able to be more creative with the ball, to be able to play and link up together, to move as a unit forward. Yeah, I can see it. I can see them trying to be more creative in possession to move it forward. Look, like I said, is it going to be a totally complete 180 from last season? No. But I think that there is going to be a little bit more of that. Uh, I think they want to play that way. I think late in games if they're trailing, if they're behind or if they're in you know if it's 1-1, you're going to get them doing the long balls and trying to get down the field because that's how they are. They're a very direct team and a very that's how they're going to play. Uh, but I think hopefully you see them a little bit more creative this year because the guys are able to play in their positions and be creative with the ball to pick the right passes.
2: Awesome stuff, Stefano. And Stefan, I wanted to ask you a little bit about last season. You know, I know Christian mentioned about the home record, but, you know, as an NYCFC fan, it's tough to not look at the road warriors that you guys were last season. And, you know, somebody who's closer closer to the team than we are, do you think it was a mentality thing? What was behind that that success of you know, they beat Austin FC on the road uh last season. They beat, some, they beat some Western Conference teams on the road. I just wanted to ask you, what do you think was behind that? What do you think it was that was behind that success?
1: You're around some teams. I've been around teams, you know, different teams in different sports now for, for, for a while. And you just get teams that, that they enjoy being the road. They enjoy that, like, being hated thing. You know what I mean? I felt like that was... They liked going in there and and booing and shutting up the crowd. Uh, you know what I mean? It, you can't say it's they didn't want to do that at home because obviously at home they want to win and they want to win in front of the fans. It's it's kind of the way things worked out. They were they kind of had a never say die mentality. You know when they were on the road and some of those games they came out early and scored a couple goals early in games. Uh, the Austin game it was you know it was three nothing right it was three nothing at halftime. What was the other oh in Toronto in Toronto it was the second game of the season. Uh, when Lewis Morgan had his hat trick. I mean, it was it, it, it's it was kind of, I guess, coming in with that mentality early and trying to just step on the throats early. You know what I mean? As opposed to at home, they would get a lead, and they had those leads that they wouldn't be able to hold on to. It was just a little different. I'm sure they wanted to win those games at home, but even worse than they wanted to get in those games on the road, though.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. And it's kind of scary just seeing that some of these guys are just keep on developing and keep getting better, which Stefan, leads me to my next question. You know, as an NYC fan, you know, we're just a few days away from MLS kickoff. And more importantly, we're less than 90 days from our first New York Derby coming up yep. on May 13th, which I know may seem far, but it's right around the corner, to be honest. So how do you see that first game probably playing out? I know for myself from NYCFC, we've lost a lot of key pieces, man. I know we lost our captain, Sean Johnson. We lost Maxi Morales, Tati, Ebert. Going to Seattle,
1: but uh, I think you guys have gotten
2: a little better for sure. But um, how confident are you? How are you feeling for that first matchup against the NYCFC?
1: I mean, right now, you know, as of right now, you gotta feel good if you're a Red Bulls fan because obviously it's it's a different team. NYC, it's a completely different team. Now you're getting Santi back, so that's a that might be huge. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a completely different team. You still have talent. NYC still has Dajus Magnol, which I think he's. One of the, definitely one of the top talents in the league, but I feel like it's, it's going to be tough, especially by May 13th to be able to get kind of that chemistry going with such a different team, so many different pieces. It's going to take a little bit, but it's not to say that they don't have the talent to be able to do it. We've seen it happen before. You know, it's just a matter of let's see what happens early in the season. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna tell Ronnie. Don't worry. Don't expect seven goals again. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so uh, basically, we're wrapping up here, Stefano. I just have to ask you. I want to ask you this question as a fan. So don't, don't, don't think about Apple TV or the New York Rebels staff. But where do you honestly see this team at the end of the season? Whether it's championships, playoffs, not making the playoffs—anything that you have in mind.
1: I can see the Rebels being a top, again, a top four seed in the East. I can see them definitely being a top four seed and getting a home playoff game. It's going to come down to, again, it's going to come down to how, how good they can combine together, how healthy they can stay, and if they can win that home playoff game, that can make all the difference. Let's see how Van Zier can kind of, how quickly he can integrate. If he can get off to a really hot start, that'll be a great sign for that to happen, for them to be in the top four at the end of the season.
2: And same as Christian, man, a question I had for you also before we start wrapping it up is we love our New York teams and everything, but it's hard to just not look at what some of the other teams are doing around the league. You know, Toronto building a powerhouse up there, man. You know, Enter miami also, I give them kudos for making some moves and going after Joseph Martinez. You cannot deny LASC, man, the reigning champs. Philly still being strong in the East as well. As a fan, man, you know, just as two MLS fans, what other teams do you feel like could contend in the East and West, you know, aside from our New York teams that kind of make some noise for this season?
1: Watch out. Watch out with Inter-Miami, too. There might be there might be a certain Argentinian World Cup champion that might be might be coming their way at some point. <laughs> it might be. There might be. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Might maybe gets eliminated from Champions League and then you don't know what happens. You know, it might, it might just be happening, too. No, look, man, uh, straight up. I think that Philadelphia, I think, is the best team in the league right now. Honestly, I think that Philadelphia is set up to really make another run at it. They are going to be a very tough team. They made some great signings this offseason. So I definitely feel like Philadelphia is, is the team in the East right now again. And in my opinion, the team in the league that my favorite right now, preseason favorites to win MLS go uh, for sure. In the West, LA, I mean, yeah, LAFC. I, I would say that, you know, always be careful with Seattle because that's what just what they do. But I don't know if they're quite there yet, but they can always get into it. You also have to, ha- you know, you have to also kind of factor in CCL and the CCL teams. They're going to be playing in, the, in those competitions. It's going to take a lot also from them from MLS. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be a fun season for sure.
0: Stefano, I wanted to ask you, about the fans, we have, have struggled bringing in people to the stadium. Do you see that changing for this year? And if you have an opportunity to speak with them through this platform, what would you tell them so they can come in into the stadium and watch their team play?
1: I hope it changes. I hope we get more fans. I, I want the Red Bulls to be one of those atmospheres that you see kind of around the league. And yeah, I'm telling the casual fans, it's the best. It was it's one of the cheaper but more fun and more quick events in town guys it, it's fun it's a blast it's 2 hours you're out it's not as many people it's in an, and it's kind of in a in an area where you can jump on a train real quick and get out so definitely come out and support the rebels support MLS it's it's a, it's a good time so just come out and uh, and enjoy especially at Rebel Arena it's a beautiful stadium it's one of the better stadiums in the M- in MLS for sure so let's uh, come out and enjoy
2: Appreciate that, Stefano. Stefano, man, we want to say thank you so much for coming on. And Stefano, before we let you go, though, man, how can the fans find you? Uh, you know, if you have any Twitter handles, um, you know, what's the best way get, to get in contact with you as from a fan point?
1: Yeah, man, uh, S underscore Fusaro on Twitter. It's uh, Stefano Fusaro underscore on uh, Instagram. And yeah, man, I'm, I'll be on uh, Apple TV for uh, MLS all season. I'll be hosting in the Spanish side. Uh, I'll be doing play by play on the Spanish side and I'll be doing some appearances on the uh, on the English on the Around show. So. Yeah, just follow Apple TV, MLS, MLS Season Pass. Follow it. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a great season. So let's have some fun.
0: And No, I just want to say thank you, Stefano. It's been a pleasure. And, well, let's win a let's win an MLS Cup. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, man. Thank All you right. guys
2: for having me. Enjoy. Appreciate it, Stefano. And for the fans, give us a follow at Soccer Subs Podcast on Instagram, Soccer Subs Radio on Twitter. We'll be back next week uh, for another big episode talking NYC and Red Bulls. Everyone take care and have a good one. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go.